0: This podcast is brought to you by dpztechnology.com. High Impact Dance was created to give you tools and insights for effective fathering in a hectic world. If you like this podcast, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review. This certainly will help those who need this information the most to be able to find it.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of High Impact Dance. I'm your host, Michael Conant. Today, we are being joined by the author of the book Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds, Bob Record. We are also privileged to be joined by Bob's daughter, Ashley Van Cooney Record. Bob and Ashley, thank you so much for being with us, and thank you for being willing to vulnerably share how father wounds can happen in any family, and oftentimes these father wounds can be unintentional.
2: You
3: hey,
1: bet. Thank you for having us. It's our pleasure. Bob, would you please remind our audience what father wounds are, and how they can impact both sons and daughters in our culture.
3: You bet. Uh, Basically, Michael, what I so often do is compare them to a physical wound to the body, whether it's stepping on a rusty nail, uh, getting hit by a piece of ragged steel or a rough brick that opens up a cut on an arm or a leg, any number of things. Whatever happens, it breaches the surface and goes down to the underlying tissue and does damage. Often those things are dirty or rusty. Some kind of foreign bacteria has the opportunity to enter the body that before has been protected. And if it's not cleaned and cared for and properly restored, infection starts in. And given time, that infection can spread and become much worse it's the same in a relational wound. It's uh, very much something that penetrates the surface of a relationship of a husband, a wife, uh, a son and a dad, a daughter and a dad, a mom and a son, a mom and a dad, or friends or people at work. Something happens to penetrate the surface of the relationship that Uh, wounds the tissue and damages the tissue underneath. What's the tissue of a relationship? Things like trust, love, value, appreciation, security. Something in there is damaged or wounded. And if it's not cared for and cleaned and addressed, and given the opportunity to repair and restore, it can cause infection that over time and years even can arise with other relationships, let alone that one, and cause damage in multiple relationships. And the reason I called the book Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds is that if it doesn't happen between parents and children, often it becomes generational and it is passed from one generation on to the next.
1: You are 100% right, Bob. And that's powerful imagery comparing relational wounds to physical wounds. Ashley, would you please briefly and Simply share your story on how you experienced father wounds.
2: Sure. So, we had recently moved to Georgia uh, for a job for my dad. And I was excited actually for the opportunity, uh, mainly because I believed in what my dad was doing, but also it was going to ideally give him more time home with the family. Um, and so, as we moved here, with any job, we quickly realized that he actually was going to be gone more. Um, and I really struggled with that. It was a new city. There was a lot of differences culturally from where we came from. And so I was really struggling. I was at a pretty pivotal time, you know, teenage, middle school, eighth grade, 14. Um, and so I began to really struggle with the move. Um, and then specifically one day I had come back from where we had moved. I was telling my mom about it and emotional, you know, 14 year old girl. So emotions kind of come with the territory. And in that moment, I felt like my dad kind of listened, was listening. He entered the room and I, I think I said something like I just miss home or something along those lines. And in that moment, I felt like he scoffed at me. And it was something so insignificant, but there had probably for me just been buildup. And so I reacted and said things in anger. Um, And it's, I think one of only two times I've ever heard my dad yell uh, because he's not a yeller. (laughs) Um, And so an argument ensued and For me, that was a very pivotal moment. I just felt very upset and hurt by that exchange, by what had led up to it. Um, And then from there, just kind of, I think things transpired. I pulled away further um, and just became probably more and more angry.
1: Thank you for sharing that, Ashley. So something that started off as being so seemingly insignificant, as you put it, was really quite powerful and and damaging.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So Bob, as you look back at this experience that Ashley uh, just described, what did you learn from it as a dad? And what advice would you give to any dad who's listening right now?
3: Well, I I wish I could say that uh, suddenly I learned all kinds of things. And within a 24 hour period, Uh, Ashley and I were just absolutely perfect. And like sort of a TV show in 30 minutes, everything was fixed. Uh, Honestly, it doesn't happen that way. Uh, And so as a result of what I've learned in answer to your question, uh, I'm still learning as a granddad. And I want every man out there to hear that suddenly you just can't snap a finger and everything be perfect. But some of the things that I learned then and am still learning today are some things that all of us as dads or granddads, boy, that's really important as well, because more and more granddads are playing a key role in uh, their grandkids' lives. Uh, Number one, listen. God gave us two ears and one mouth, and it's wise to use them in that proportion. It's easy for a man who's busy at work and doing the career and lots of responsibilities and under pressure and all that kind of stuff that comes with the the scenario to go, uh uh-huh, yeah, right. And he wants to listen, he wants to hear, but too many times we carry what we deal with at work to home. And that's unfair really for the family it would be uh, some years later that I would understand that I sort of had to pick a place on the way home every night. And in essence, mentally and in a picture of my mind, drop the garbage from the office and leave it on that corner. Uh, I wish I'd done that the night that Ashley was talking about, but I hadn't learned simple things like that yet. Now, the next day, I went back to the office. Unfortunately, I found it was still waiting there for me to go back to the office with me. But I had to find ways where I could not take it home. So I had to learn to listen. And I had to learn to listen with my eyes. So that if Ashley was talking to me, I couldn't be looking at the phone, watching the news, reading the paper. I had to look at Ashley because if she didn't sense that I was really keyed in and looking at her to listen, she felt like I wasn't listening. And, and probably pretty fair. I, not that I wasn't meaning to listen, but case in point. Uh, also dads, for a daughter, hear her feelings Because it's not just facts that a young woman is concerned about. It's what she feels. And she had just gone through a major transition, moving from one state to another, one school to another, having to make new friends, a new way. In her former school, her brother was sort of big man on campus and a a president of his class in high school. Uh, Now she comes here. He didn't end up going to high school here. He went right on to college. Um, she had been the daughter of a pastor. And in the, the church world, when you're the daughter of a pastor, you become a, a real key, important person among kids in, this, in the church. That was now gone because I was heading up a, an organization rather than a church. And so there was so much change in her life. And I wasn't sensitive enough to hear the feeling. Again, I was a man who thinks fix it. And well, how about these three things? Or to react if there was emotion. And um, I look back now and say, that was pretty stupid. But that's what I did. And, And one of the reasons, not an excuse. Men hear me, this is not an excuse. It's just a statement of fact. My dad reacted, I had been modeled reacting. Sadly, I carried some of that into my family then that I've had to really work over the years and still working, not to be reactive, but to be responsive. And there's a big difference. Reactive is charged with emotion and that doesn't help anything get solved or moved forward. I would say uh, about the feelings, too, don't discount feelings. We as men can come across to a daughter like, oh, come on, it's not that bad. Or, you know, almost like we do our sons, you know, suck it up. Well, that's not what a daughter needs. If anything, that night when Ashley expressed that, you know what I think she needed now Knowing what I know now and understand what I know now, most she needed me to go over and put my arms around her and hug her and draw her close and say, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I think I hear a part of how you feel. And I probably haven't been as sensitive to that as I needed to be. But I didn't know that then. And I didn't understand that then. So I reacted. Last thing I'd want to say to a dad that I learned, and I hope you learn maybe from my mistakes, is you have to ask yourself as a dad sometimes when there's a conflict between yourself and a daughter or between yourself and a son, this same principle is going to apply. You're going to have to ask yourself, in this issue, is it more important for me to be right or for us to have a relationship See, that's a real important question. And sometimes there may have been a a sense in me that I came across like it was more important to be right. I didn't really feel that way, but it may have come across that way. And here's the reality. It is not what you mean that makes the difference. It's how it's perceived. So if I came across that way and it was perceived that way, that's the way to the receiver it was. And so dads, boy, it is so important. Uh, when you want to sort of, quote unquote, set things straight, you better stop and ask yourself and take a deep breath and say, is it more important for me as dad to show I'm right or for us to
1: have a really good relationship? I gave some very important points in that, Bob. I- all of that was great i what really resonates with me is the listening with your eyes because that's so important that you're focusing your intention the difference between reacting and responding that's huge huge and then also understanding how important it is to not always be right but to focus on the relationship i thought that was great so yeah. ashley as you heard your dad look back on that experience when you reflect on it what have you what did you learn from that experience in how do you see it now that you're a parent? How does that help you be a better parent?
2: So when I said, you know, such an insignificant facial expression or sound, I, you know, there had been such a buildup I don't think that I even realized in that moment for me. And so looking back, I wish I wish I had just in in the aftermath, had the bravery or the courage to sit down and say, I'm really hurt. I feel like something, one picture was painted of this life and how it's turning out is quite different. I feel like you're not around as much. I feel like, you know, all of the things my dad described were true. You know, I went from having this amazing social life in church, in school, um, I was in dancing and cheerleading and I just had really flourished at our old, um, in my old school. And and now all of a sudden I was honestly floundering um, because it was a totally different dynamic at that school. My brother and I's relationship was just changing because he was leaving. Uh, And I wish I had been able to not only have the maturity, but just the courage, honestly, to really sit down and say, this is where and how I'm struggling. Um, And instead I just really leaned into my emotions and my anger. And I let them, continue to fuel my decisions. Um, I look back and I wish that I had been more quick to forgive. Um, I think it, you know, teenagers are typically going through a really selfish time and I was certainly no different. <laughs> um, and I really, I think leaned into that. Um, and I wish that looking back that I had been able to maybe recognize that everyone was going through a struggle. It wasn't just me. Um, but I didn't. I just kind of swept it under the rug, kept going, allowed my emotions to reign supreme. Um, and then it just I think honestly continued to snowball until I got into my twenties. Um, and then it was sometime later that my dad and I finally sat down and really had just this really intense conversation about some of the hurt that I had felt over the years. Um, and that I think was a huge Pivotal moment in of our relationship where um,
1: Ashley, can I can I ask you, what was how did he react when you brought this up to him?
2: You know, in certain things, so we went, we met at a restaurant and he stayed very calm, um, which was huge. You know, I think he could have honestly gotten really reactive. Looking back, I did, I mean, when he talks about the feelings, I felt everything that was saying. I can look back and realize some of this stuff was inaccurate you know some of the feelings were very accurate but also some of the things that were saying were very one-sided and and continued to be self-focused but he stayed very calm um, he asked a bunch of questions there were times where he didn't agree um and he voiced those and I think sometimes I listened well and sometimes I probably cared more about arguing my point in all honesty. Um, and it was emotional. There were tears shed that day. Um, but honestly, he really, I mean, looking back, I think about how calm he stayed. Um, and that is something I feel like my dad has always done very well. Like I've, I have not always done that well. Um, and still I'm learning that, Um, certainly, but he tends to, you know, I think I'm more calm with him just because I know his emotions are always going to stay calm. And so it kind of brings me down, um, even when there are emotions, but, uh, that conversation for me was a big deal in a good way. Um, at the end of it, it was hard. He said things to me that were hard to hear, um, But also I think that day there came a point, especially as I continued into my late twenties and early and early thirties, where it's, it's, I think it's a very hard for a child to realize when their parents are also just human, you know, like you kind of view them as the superhero and they, you forget that they have emotions too, or feelings too, as silly as that sounds. Um, and that they know everything, like you assume that they got a manual without thinking of it that way, but it's not until you become a parent that you realize, no, no, (laughs) there's no manual. Um, and, and I wish I, you know, and, and, and so sorry, looking back, I just realized that when I had that moment of realization, truly that my parents are truly human as well. I could honestly say, but they really did do their best. They tried, you know, I could look back at my childhood and I think there comes a point for all children. And I'm not including abuse in this. I am not including, you know, extreme circumstances. I'm talking about people who have parents that even when they make the mistakes for the most part can really recognize that their parents do love them. So that those extremes aside, um, I think there comes a point for children where we have to say, I'm either going to choose to remember the good or give them the benefit of the doubt or appreciate all of the things that they did and move forward. Or I'm going to continue to lean into all the transgressions and all of the grievances and use those as justifications for all of my behavior. And they can stay there. And so for me, there came a point where I just started to really recognize like, yeah, my parents, I think any child can say my parents did X, Y, and Z, or made all of these mistakes. But I think for a lot of us, we can also say, but they really loved me and they tried their best. And yes, these few or several or many things happened, but at the end of the day, I'm going to choose to focus in on the good and move forward. And maybe say, there are certain things that I would like to do differently for my children, And also there are things that I would like to carry into my children that were given to me in my childhood. So that for me was also happening simultaneously as I was honestly maturing and getting older um, where I really made that decision. And so for me, it was an active decision. and, And I'm so thankful because I think there does come a point in adulthood where you continue to transition I view my parents now as two of my closest friends. I mean, they are my confidants. They give me the best advice. They know me better than most, I mean, really anyone. So they can sometimes center me if I'm going through a difficult time or only having that tunnel vision and say, yes, I understand where you're coming from, but consider X, Y, and Z as well. And so that has really, I think, helped me to continue to improve. To try and live and be a better version of myself every day, and so I think that's that's kind of right. The the benefit of that is if you can choose to make that change and move into that direction, that's on the other side. I mean, your parents do go before you; they've lived, you know, they've gone around the sun more than you. And so, to be able to have that confidence, have that friendship, you know, you do transition more into a friendship, but then you also still get that beautiful benefit of almost a mentor, you know, where you have that in the in the most personal way. Um, And so, and I know I kind of got off a little bit veered off, but how I feel like it's also helped me as a parent is that moment, those events following, for me, one of the biggest things that I've tried to take into myself as a parent is two things, is to try to recognize the power of staying calm because I can still get very emotional or reactive and trying to really, you know, be responsive as my dad said, and not reactive. Uh, But also to be able to say to my children um, who are still young, but when they go through something difficult um, to be able to say, it's okay if this hurts you, or if you have feelings, you can tell me, we can talk it through. And I want them to understand that they don't have to just kind of suck it up or, you know, that it's welcome because sometimes what that means is that it's, for me, it's giving them the invitation to say, mommy, you made a mistake. You're not perfect. Or this really hurt me. And, and to try for me to be very quick, to listen, to acknowledge, um, and then to apologize. So I think I'm, it's, it sounds odd to say it. I'm thankful for some of these experiences that happened because I don't think without it, I would maybe have that perspective to want to try to give my children the opportunity to say, you know, Hey, this hurt me. And for me to, you know, that's what I want for them is to be able to have that open door to talk about tough things. And honestly, with the, to bring it full circle, I think that conversation with my dad in my twenties, helped me to also kind of bring it all the way around, you know, where he was able to listen and hear what I had to say and not argue, you know, or tell me how I was wrong, but really just listen. And so I think all of those things together have helped me get to that place of wanting to provide that for my children.
1: I'm so glad that you were able to take what is was initially a negative experience and you were able to turn that into something positive and you were able to learn from it and use that to enrich yourself as a parent to your kids. So what would you say to a kid, or even if they're an adult now, who feel they may have experienced father wounds?
2: First ask yourself, what is the resolution, right? You know, like, what is it going? You know, I mean, if a father has passed or if a father is still ideally living, what is going for you to be the resolution? Um, Is it sitting down and talking it through? Is it just getting it out, whether it's journaling, whether it's screaming into a pillow, whether it's driving around and just processing it out loud to first understand what it is for you that's going to be a resolution. And then before you maybe go to your dad or your mom or whoever to really think through how you're going to present it. Because I think when you go to that person of you did this and you did that, and then this happened and this has ruined my life. I mean, it's, you, you know, you have to, I think, present it into a way where a person can hear it. You know, you can't attack. You want to, if you're wanting resolution, you have to present it in a way that this other person is going to know that there is resolution because not the other side's not always going to be just really able and, willing to just listen automatically. Um, so I think it's also, and it it may be that you have to go to a therapist. Honestly, I'm a huge proponent of that to talk it through first and put together how to best go to that person. And then I think regardless of the outcome, right? Because sometimes the conversation may go well, understand that it may take more than one conversation. Um, my specific example, it sounds kind of like, oh, we did just tie it up in a nice for little 30 minute bow, and at the end, we all lived happily ever after. Um, there had been so many things leading up to that. It wasn't just that one conversation, you know. My dad had really been there for me through some very, some of the most difficult moments of my adult life and my entire life, honestly. Um, he had been my rock, a source of strength. And so it wasn't like we had had just this estranged relationship for years and then all of a sudden had one conversation. There were a lot of other things that happened, but then we finally sat down and talked through some of those things and really had a very intense conversation. So I do want to you know, make sure that is clear because I think it can be easy to be like, oh, we haven't spoken in 20 years and now we're just going to sit down and have a conversation. That was not what was happening leading up to that conversation, we had a very active relationship, a very positive relationship, quite honestly. Um, But we needed to kind of bring it all out to the rug, right? And so I would also say to just keep that in mind. Sometimes it takes, just like any relationship, it takes effort. So it may be that there has to be things that are said and done uh, more than once. Um, But then there also has to come a point, I think, us as adult children, where a decision is made to let it go. And that's hard. I think it's really hard sometimes to say, okay, this happened or these events or these, you know, this one thing or these several things happened, but I I, I choose to release it because it's an active choice. And I choose to focus in on the good and to move forward. um, Right. Because forgiveness is ultimately what it is, but it's also in forgiveness, it's an active choice to move forward. And so that's what I would also say to adult children. And then to really lean into all of the good that your parents have provided, um, especially if there is good, you know, um, because what I have found for me and what I think is true for all of us is that we think we can compartmentalize that if I have this hurt from this relationship, I'm not going to be the person that, you know, it seeps over here, but none of us are that good. You know, none of us are that good at compartmentalizing. So inevitably it is all going to seep over. So any anger or hurt that you feel from your parent or your, any other relationship, it will seep into your other relationships in some way, shape or form. And so in order to avoid that, you have to work through it and then release it. And it can For some of us, it may take a long time to do that, um, but it's so worth it. You know, it's like talking about forgiving people is not for them. It's for you. Um, and so whether you're, you know, a believer or not a believer, that principle holds true, right? I mean, that is just something that we can release. Um, and so that's what I would say is I would, I would say multiple things, not just one thing, because ultimately I think we all want to be healthy, high-functioning adults um, who carry good to the next generation. And so, in order to do that, sometimes you do have to close the chapter. And for some people listening, they may have highly toxic parents. And I recently learned this lesson in my own life in a totally separate arena. That the the final thing I would say is that it, in a case of a highly toxic situation, reconciliation doesn't necessarily, excuse me, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation and that would be a long time to learn. And So it may be a situation where you have a conversation and it doesn't necessarily lead to a restoration of a relationship, but it's just a moving on and that's okay too. And so that's why I kind of just to tie it all up, it's first asking yourself, what is the resolution and moving from there? But I think I see so many of people, friends who really choose to lean into hurt from their childhood and growing up a close family friend, who's just a phenomenal person. has a saying who went through a very tragic childhood that there comes a point just to be brutal where no one cares what happened in your childhood. The little boy or the little girl have to sit down and the man or the woman has to stand up. And I think the older I get, That is so true because there comes a point where it is a decision to say, I will not let my past define me. I choose to move forward and I will do whatever it takes to do so. And so that's what I would say is just all of those different things are so vital, but ultimately make a decision to move forward and not hold on to the past because when you do, there's so much beauty that's on the other side waiting for you.
1: Ashley, you had just several, several significant points there. I I particularly liked the one where you talked about imagining or or looking at what resolution you want because too often people wanna go in and confront this issue but they don't know the resolution and that doesn't help guide them through the confrontation. So I think that was very significant. So Bob, can you give us a few takeaways for families in helping them be more effective and better at dealing with parent-child conflict? Uh, I'd be thrilled to, before I do that, I wanna
3: have anybody who is listening and joining us to know how proud I am of Ashley. Uh, She has become an amazing woman, an amazing mom, and uh, like all of us is still in process but she self admits that as she has on this very program, as we all are. And she is doing an extraordinary job in the woman she is and is continuing to become. And I'm just so proud of her in so many ways. In closing, some takeaways, I'd say a few things. Dads, adopted dads, stepdads, uh, granddads, be sure that you're praying about your family and that you're praying about your kids and your grandkids and that God would give you the wisdom to know how to deal with each one because as we all know, we just don't stop and think about very often. It's not a one size fits all. My wonderful daughter, Ashley, is very different than my daughter, Christy, who's very different than her brother and their brother, Brian. And so I had to learn that it's not just one way to deal with all of them. I had to deal and learn to deal with each one of the way they were crafted and created and wired. And that's a learning experience. And it takes time. And as Ashley so well said, to be proactive and intentional, but be praying. And, and here's a great prayer. God help me to love my kids and my grandkids the way you love me. Boy, that sounds real simple, but God just help me to love them the way you love me. Boy, does that cover a whale of a lot of ground. Uh, the second thing is going to sound very strange. Uh, be sure you laugh a lot with your kids. That's really important because that's a WD-40 of relationships. Laughter is so critically important. And in that, it may just be us chuckle and a laugh and telling them, boy, you did that so great. I was so proud of you, man. I've not seen anybody do it like you did. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't have to be gut level, rolling in the floor laughter, but just joy. Make sure that the joy is there and that you're working to get it there because it is the WD-40. I would say thirdly, dads, uh, if we've made a mistake, Let's be man enough to own it, not try to deflect it, not try to talk our way out of it, not try to excuse it, just own it. And it's amazing what can happen and what can be broken through if that simple step is taken. You're right, I wasn't sensitive, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me for that? And why is it so hard to say? because we don't wanna look like we're not strong and in control and all that garbage. But you know what is really needed most is the site that we're real and vulnerable and honest and transparent. And so if we'll just step in and own it when we need to own it, that will go so far. The last thing I would say, Michael, uh, ask questions and I'm gonna just share one. And and that's a simple question to ask a grandchild, a child. And here's the amazing thing, regardless of age. Hey, have there been any points where maybe I've broken a promise or not done what you were hoping or expecting me to do? And then just be quiet. Just be quiet. And if you really deeply think there may be, And maybe you've really caused some wounds because every dad, every granddad knows that there have been times when you've caused wounds, even if it's been unintentionally. You may have to ask it more than once. And here's why. You may say, you know, has there been any points that I've let you down or broken a promise? And you may not get an answer, or at least an honest answer the first time because they're not sure it's safe to answer that. And if they don't feel it's safe to answer that, then give it a while, let some time pass, come back and find a calm, unthreatening point to ask it again a different way, a different setting, a different time. And after a few times, if there's nothing, then take it for granted that there's not, or they would have brought it up, but at least be vulnerable enough to say, is there any point where I've let you down or broken a promise to you? Why do I say that? Because I heard somebody just not long ago who I know very well say about their parent, yeah, they they keep promising that they'll be at such and such when I do this and that, but they don't really mean it. Now I know the parent. And I know that parent would. Ache inside if they heard that's what their child said. But the child has gotten the impression because the parent has said they'd be at a place or at an event or something important to the child several times and didn't show up, or there was a reason they didn't get there. And as a result, that child has now become to expect that that's going to be the reaction, regardless of what the parent says. Oh, man. So you see, asking the question, can help learn if even unintentionally, we're setting a
1: pattern we don't want to keep going.
3: Those are just some things, Michael, that I would say would be practical takeaways.
1: They are very pragmatic, Bob. Thank you for sharing. And Bob and Ashley, just want to thank you again for being with us and, and for being vulnerable enough to, to share your experience and help us to learn from it. Thank you to our audience for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Conant. We look forward to having you join us again next time on High Impact Ads.
0: If you would like to know more about Bob's book, Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds, please visit Bob's website at bobbrecker.com. Record is spelled with two C's, R-E-C-C-O-R-D. Bob also has a study guide with embedded videos available as a companion to the book. You can find these and all of Bob's books at BobRecord.com and DPZTechnology.com under the Total Life Impact Bookstore. Our host Michael Konitz's book, A Work in Progress, can also be found at DPZTechnology.com. You could be a part of this mission to spread this word to others. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe to High Impact Dads on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. When you do, leave a five-star rating and write a nice review. Every five-star rating, review, and every new subscription truly does make it easier for those who need this information the most to find it. Please pass this on to anyone you may know struggling with father wounds.